Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's a gloomy day out, but it's bright here in the church because God is amongst us. Today's gospel is a gospel that's quite challenging, actually. It's challenging in the fact that you can't read Matthew chapter 18 without really understanding what happens at the end of Matthew chapter 17. And at the end of Matthew chapter 17, I'll pull it up for you so you can see what happens. But you have to always read the Bible within the context of what, we're, what, the, what the audience was, what was happening, what was happening right before, right after. If you take scripture without really understanding exactly what happens right before it, often you can misunderstand the whole context of the whole passage. So, Okay, so what happens? There is, well, somebody comes to St. Peter and says to him, do, do, does your teacher pay tax in verse 24? Does your pe- teacher pay the temple tax? And he said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to them, from strangers. Jesus said to them, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Me and you. Then you go right to Matthew chapter 18. Christ gives, he pays his taxes, and then he pays not only his taxes, but he pays Peter's taxes. So the disciples all of a sudden get a little bit worked up. They get worked up about the situation, and they want to know, wait, does Peter have authority over us? Is he the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is he the one whom you prefer? Is he the one whom you want to lead? Like, what's going on here? In fact, St. Jerome and St. John Chrysostom says, say, because the disciples had observed that the same tax had been paid for Peter and the Lord, they inferred that Peter might have been set over all the apostles. Thus they asked this question, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And it's a, a, quite a funny situation, right? Like you, you imagine they're jealous, they're looking around and they're saying, how come he gave the, Peter special treatment? How come he gave them Uh, paid his taxes. I work, how come he didn't pay my taxes? And Jesus, knowing what is in the hearts of his disciples, says, let me show you who the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is. So he takes a little boy, or a little little child, we don't know the gender, set him in the midst of them and said, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. And as I was reading this passage this morning, I kept thinking to myself, looking at my kids. I have a boy and a girl, they're twins, they're three years old. 
And why is it that Christ wants us to be like these little kids? I'll give you an example of something that happened last night. Yesterday night, I was doing a visit and I brought my family with me. My kids, it was getting later, and my kids were grumpy when they got home because their bedtime is normally a little bit earlier, so I'm going to put them to sleep. And now they're very worked up. And by accident, I trip my daughter. She like was running and I trip my daughter. And she gets very upset, so upset. She thinks that I tripped her on purpose. So I say to her, I say, Cece, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trip you. I didn't mean to trip you. And she's like, she's so upset and she says, no, I want mommy. So now I'm, I'm feeling bad. I'm trying to figure out like, okay, this little girl, she's three years old. Why is she mad at me? I didn't mean to trip her. So I go to her. And she's, I, put her, I tuck her into bed and I say, Cece, you know daddy didn't mean it. And she goes, I know daddy, I forgive you. At three years old, she says, I know daddy, I forgive you. So she got upset for a moment, but immediately she forgave. Now, I wonder why kids are so pure, why they're so beautiful, why they're willing always to give the benefit of the doubt. I wonder why when Jesus says in verse 4, therefore whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I think to myself about all the grudges and the divisions and the hardships that we have within our community. I think to myself all the conflicts that we have with one another. And I wonder when Jesus is trying to tell the disciples, don't worry about what I do for Peter. Just focus on what I do for you. Don't worry about my relationship with Peter. Focus on my relationship with you. And the more that you focus on my relationship with you, the more that you'll be aware of what my heart is. And my heart is for the other. One who really knows God, one who really understands the heart of God, knows that the heart of God is self-emptying, self-denying, and self-forgetting. Christ self-emptied. He emptied himself for the sake of us. He denied himself. He had the angels in the, in the heavens hovering and covering their eyes because of his holiness. And he left everything for our sake. And he forgot himself. He forgot, he, he, he forgot that which was rightfully his, which is honor, dignity, and glory for our sake. He was ashamed, he was spit on, he was ridiculed for our sake. One who knows the heart of God knows that the beginning of the character of God is selflessness. The beginning of the character of God, the beginning of a relationship and understanding who he is, is our desire to give of ourselves to other people, our desire to sacrifice for others. And kids... You can sit and you can talk to them within a few seconds and they learn that principle very easily. They learn the principle of forgiveness. They learn the principle of sharing. They learn the principle of, sometimes I'll play a trick on my son where I'll act like, I wanna see his like, level of empathy. It's kind of, you may think it's messed up, but I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I, I, I wanna play on his empathy. I wanna see if he has a heart to feel for people. So sometimes I'll act like I fell. So I'll just walk and then I'll fall in the house. And I'll wait and I'll see, is he coming? And he goes, Daddy, Daddy, are you okay? Are you okay? You may say, come on, Abuna, that's messed up. You shouldn't be acting like you're falling and scaring the kid. But my goal is I want to see 
his level of empathy, how much he really feels what other people are feeling. And I love this gospel because take a minute today and watch little kids. Just watch them. They don't know anger. They know for a moment, but it passes quickly. They don't hold grudges. They know how to forgive. They know how to embrace. They know how to even, like, the cutest thing. In this visitation yesterday, a few little girls, they took some of their toys, and before they were leaving, they wanted to give it to my kids so they could leave them with a gift. How many of us have the heart of giving like kids have? The point that I'm trying to make this morning is unless we become converted like kids, we're willing to forgive like kids, we're willing to embrace like kids, I really think that we will have difficulty entering into the kingdom. And the reason being is because one of the biggest hindrances to our heaven on earth is the anger that we hold towards one another. I'm asking every single one of us today, do you have a grudge against someone? Do you have anger towards someone in your heart? Is there somebody you're not forgiving? Someone that hurts you deeply? I know it hurt. I know whatever that person did to you deeply hurts. And it stings, and it still stings, and it continues to sting, and it will sting. But God is inviting us today to be like children. He's inviting us today to have his heart. You would say that it was illogical. That's why other religions believe it's illogical for God to take flesh. He took the form of a child, by the way. He was, he was born of a virgin. We're going to celebrate St. Mary. He was a baby. He needed to be nursed by her. He needed to be taught how to walk. He needed to be taught how to talk. He was potty trained. I know we, don't, we think that Jesus came out and he was like, no, the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature. I'm not saying anything scandalous here. I'm telling you that the nature of Christ's humanity is he took the form of a child. And if your master took the form of a child, is it too much for you and I? Is it too much for you and I to forgive? Too much for you and I to give the benefit of the doubt? Too much for you and I to make excuses? Too much for you and I to not seek the highest place? To not say, what is my rights? What is, what's owed to me? But to say, I want to be like this child who never counts, always forgives, always embraces. See, a tree that is unbending is easily broken. The hard and the strong will fall. The soft and the weak move. They're pliable. If a painful experience comes upon a humble soul, she bends and thus remains whole. Straight away, she goes against herself. Straight away, she accuses herself and does not set about accusing anyone else. One who has the heart of a child doesn't point the finger at other people, looks within themselves and say, what have I done? Where is my shortcoming? And where am I not aligned with the heart of God? My challenge for every single one of us today is whoever receives one little child like this in my name, whoever receives one child like this in my name,
And whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, look at this, it is better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he be drowned into the sea. Be careful what you're teaching your children. Be careful what they see. Be careful the images. If you want them to forgive, you need to forgive. If you want them to be generous, you need to be generous. They're watching and they're reading the gospel in you and I's life. It's not what we say. You can bring them to church every single week. But the greatest gospel that is preached is the gospel of the household, the gospel of life. So let us all be like little children today who have the heart of forgiveness, who have the heart of giving, who have the heart of humility. And let us all come to the one who humbled himself and gave everything for our sake in order for us to learn from him because he is humble and lowly of heart and prepared to teach us exactly how to do the same. So come before him today. If there's something during the liturgy that God exposes to you, when you come before the Eucharist, say, Lord, accept my repentance and give me your life. Don't just make this, this is not magic, ala fikra. Like, this is not magic. This is an encounter. This is a relationship. I come to him with my brokenness, and in turn, he exchanges his life with mine. So come before him and say, Lord, here I am. I need you. Because he's eagerly waiting those who come to him as little children. Glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.